I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So about Michael Jordan, how you going to hit from outside the finals? You can't even get in. Welcome to the Basketball Addicts Podcast. Today we have a big one. All of the semifinal playoff series are done. We get to Woo! react to the Bucks beating the Nets. Me being right about the huge upset with the Hawks over the 76ers. We have the Clippers staving off with Paul George beating the Utah Jazz. And then we have the Suns winning their series. And then we have our top 10 rankings. But today in this episode, we're only going to cover 10 through 6. This is going to be a two-parter podcast with our top 10 rankings. It's going to be a little bit of a, a separate division there. But it's it's going to be a big one, Chris. It is huge. So what do you want to talk about first? Which, which series we we going on first? <laughs> well, you know because it's Sunday night, Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Let's mm-hmm. start with what just happened. We just watched Jason B. Wright, and honestly, <laughs> I I didn't see this coming. Um, I'm going to put it mm-hmm. out there. I did not see this coming. I did not see the Atlanta Hawks beating the 76ers at all. Like That mm-hmm. was never in the cards for me. I remember we talked about this before in previous talks or podcasts or however you want to say it, um, yeah. where we were saying like, you were saying the Atlanta Hawks has such a great offense and they are going to beat the 76ers. I'm like, no, like the 76ers are big. <laughs> They're big. They have JoJo. Like yes. he's supposed to be the best in yes. the league. And mm-hmm. I'm just dumbfounded now because I was thinking like, ah, uh, like I wanted, <laughs> I was hoping that maybe a team that had, you know, the best center in the league on it would win. Mm-hmm. But you know, maybe yes. that's not, that's not enough when you have the bum, <laughs> the bummest of all bums. Oh, Chris is Muhammad's favorite player. Ben Simmons. Ben yes. Simmons is a bum. A bum mum B U M bum. This is why he's a bum. And I've said this before bum. in previous podcasts. If you listen to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm about to say. The fact of the matter is that this man cannot shoot. He can't shoot. Nope. Pause. Mm-hmm. It's not that he can't shoot. He refuses to shoot. That's the problem with Ben Simmons. He refuses to mm-hmm. shoot. Because every summer league, we always get hyped up. Well, at least I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, he's finally going to do something. As a fan of basketball, you yeah. always want to see players grow and evolve. You want to see mm-hmm. them take that next step. You're like, oh, he was great then. Let's see if he can go further. We see him in summer league, and I got hype. I was like, oh, he's hitting threes now. You know what I mean? Like, he was shooting them at a high clip. He looks explosive. He looks faster, quicker. He's He's doing things. What happens when he gets in the when the mm-hmm. season starts? Bullshit happens. He can't 
Stop yeah. the bullshit. He's a bum. I'm sorry. <laughs> we go give him time because we, we you know, we we go, we're not gonna keep writing these players off. Yeah. But he's a bum mm-hmm. for right now. He's a bum, and I'm gonna leave it at that because he's a bum. How you refuse <laughs> to shoot? Yeah, I mean, one yeah. game I watched him play, and he bricked layups. Now we're playing hack a bend. That's how they beat you. Think about that for a yes. second. You, they, your team lost because of you because they played hack a bend, mm-hmm. and you couldn't hit free throws. How are you, was boss? I know what you're gonna say. LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. He can't hit. For- Shut up. How are you a Not star? Like How Not are like you a star? Exactly. You can't compare the two. How are you a star, yeah. Ben Simmons? Ben Simmons. Star. Star. <laughs> star. How are you a star? And you can't make free throws. Your team, mm-hmm. the other Atlanta Hawks team, hack a binge you. That's what they do. They used to do right. to Shaq. Shaq was so dominant down low, and they couldn't stop him. So they played to his weakness, and that's how they beat him. Mm-hmm. They would have him shoot mm-hmm. 50-some free throws, and he couldn't make one. Mm-hmm. He made, like, maybe two out of 40. I don't even know the exact statistics, but you get what I'm trying to say. You get the point. Yeah. Ben. Like 50% something like that. Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben, get in the gym, please. It's ridiculous. You're though. gone though. Like, they're. I feel like they're blowing it up. They, they, they have tried this team. Mm-hmm. They've trusted the process, and the process doesn't work. At least if, with Ben Simmons and JoJo, they got they got to change it up now. Ben, you're out of here. I'm yes. sorry. Yeah, you're, I'm sorry. You are a liability on the court. When you are a liability on the court, they don't. Mm-hmm. They you can't be utilized. Unless even if you right. get in the gym, you're gonna be in the gym for another team. Yes. <laughs> not for the 76ers no more. You're done. You're out of here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And if you, I, if you get max dollars ever, that'd be something to behold <laughs> because you're done. I mean, like, yeah, you're still better than the bums of the t- of this NBA, but oh my gosh, you are a bum. Mm-hmm. Bum. I'm not that great of a basketball player, but I watch basketball. And at least I can hit free throws. You're a bum. <laughs> I could definitely make more free throws than Ben Simmons. Boom. I've seen it happen. Jason has hit more free throws than Ben Simmons has in his entire career. <laughs> Boom. You know, I I agree like basically everything you said. Um, his free throw shooting is really like in the last I was watching the end of that game right before we started this podcast and like the last Two minutes, George Hill had to be on the floor because they didn't want Ben Simmons to get fouled when he had the ball in his hands. So they literally could not be a point guard, which is what his advantage is, like passing, right? Right. When you can't use your biggest advantage on your floor on the floor because of your biggest flaw in key moments, that shows you how big that flaw is, right? You're taking the ball out of your best distributor's hand. It must be because of a great reason like that, okay? I mean, so every team in the playoffs is going to expose that. They literally, it was it was a close game, and they they put Ben Simmons on the line. He made made like one out of two, I think, at the end, or he missed both. It was one of those two. Is like, and, and again, like in a uh, game five before the Hawks made that big run, the 76ers were rolling, right? Nathan Bill was like, okay, we're going to take them out of the flow of their offense. We're going to put Ben Simmons on the line, and we're going to take away their energy and their flow. It worked. And they start this twenty point comeback and this huge comeback and you know, it's 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 a real liability. And what I believe more so is it's the worst possible fit for him in the NBA is with the best center in the NBA. 
Mm. Because the best center in the current NBA, not the 90s, this you can have him in the 90s. You can yeah. have him in 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, all of them. Right. He can play. He'd be great. Right? But you put him in the current NBA and the way he help defense is structured and what you need from a point guard when, when you have a center that's extremely dominant, you know, he's going to need the inside, right? Mm-hmm. He's going to mm-hmm. be attacking that inside, right? So he needs spacing. So... Ben Simmons is the opposite of spacing. Exactly. And you have even Tobias Harris, who is like, I'm better shooting mid-range anywhere else. So that's not a ton of spacing for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a it's a terrible fit. Uh, and because Ben Simmons works best up and down basketball when Joel, Joel and Beats like, I, I want to play half court and walk up the floor sometimes because, you know, I'm kicking everybody's ass out here. Yeah. Which is, I mean, when we're talking about that this series, Joel Embiid is ridiculous. Joel Embiid is bona fide top ten, top five. He could be the best guy on an NBA champion. That's that's the level he's at. There's like LeBron at his peak that they can do that. Luca could do it. Dame Dollar could do it. Steph Curry could do it. Kawhi could do it. Uh, KD could do it. I you know I don't believe Giannis would have beaten. Uh, the Nets, so I don't really believe in him, even though they might win the NBA championship. I don't want to uh, uh, give away our information too soon. But James Harden is uh, is also one of these guys. Like he's a rare guy, you know what I mean? So you, you have to win now because JoJo's. It's not like you're working with Jokic. Jokic is like I play every game, every year, right? JoJo is like I'm hurt. 20% of the time. So you need to maximize this time frame. He's made a glass. Right? So, yeah. So, you know, I mean, and with my uh, new profit status, uh, <laughs> I would say, you know, I, I, pre- I feel like I predicted it right. I said the uh, offensive max, the maximum uh, offensive abilities that the Hawks can hit as a team is so much higher than the 76ers that they would get a two-game lead. What I meant by that is they would win two games off of them getting really hot. Having game one and having the second half of game five when Lou Will and Danilo Garnari lost their mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 a it's the way the NBA is starting to move now. This is a great example of the way the NBA is starting to move now. It's becoming more about how many people can you put on the floor that can create with the basketball more so than who is like your three and die guys, who's guys that can play off of other players. Yeah. That's no longer extremely important. I mean, they got Lou will can create Trey young can create Danilo Garner can create Kevin Herter can create off the pick and roll a little bit. Uh, Deandre Hunter's not in, on the floor, but he can create for himself. John Collins can create in the ISO. Like it's, I just listed six guys. I mean, that's ridiculous on an NBA basketball team. So it's. Did I even mention Trey Young? No. <laughs> Seven. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 crazy, man. Uh, being right is fun, but uh, I enjoy the upset more. You know what I mean? The the thrill of the great upset. So yeah, that's my reaction to that. I know you talked about Ben Simmons, but what's your take on Joel Embiid? The Hawks winning, 76ers losing. I also think uh, Nate McMillan outcoached Doc Rivers. Just put that out there. Easily. Doc Rivers is known for blowing it. (laughs) (laughs) He's known for blowing it. (laughs) 
like think of this for a second. With the being up twenty five and you still lose a game, there's there's something wrong there. I mean, like you're yeah. supposed to be on paper, on paper. Yes. Listen to me now. On paper, the seventy six is supposed to be the better team of the two. Mm-hmm. A better team. You got the best center. You got you know the taller point guard. He can distribute. Star point. You got, yes. You know what star I mean. You got the shooters. You got the shooters. You got two stars. You got the shooters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. You can make space the floor. But they weren't able to. They weren't able to achieve. You know what I'm saying. They weren't able. They mm-hmm. were underachieved. They've under. They continuously underachieve. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's due to the coaching now. I mean, it's it's players. Player, players are at fault, but it's also Doc Rivers as a coach. Because I don't think he's that great mm-hmm. of a coach. Nate McMillan really dismantled that offense. Yes. He like yeah, I agree. Strength is Ben Simmons distributing. Because mm-hmm. he gets everybody involved. Everybody gets, you know, he cre- he, he he creates for others. That's that's, that's really what he mm-hmm. does. He can't create for himself, so he creates for others. Mm-hmm. Nate Millen took their vital piece of the offense out and forced right. everybody else around them to create and to make yeah. their own shot and to do things that they're not used to doing. They have Ben Simmons for a reason. He's their floor right. general. He he like you said, in the nineties he will work. Modern mm-hmm. NBA, he does he not work. Break. He does mm-hmm. not work. He doesn't work because he's traditional. He's a traditional point guard. I mean, he can't shoot that well. He's just there to create. For others. At all. Get other people involved. At all. At all. Easier to create for others. So that was the problem. Once it the, the fact of the matter was that it's coaching as also personnel. The personnel mm-hmm. wasn't correct for the for for the Sixers. I mean, they tried it, like I said before, they tried to trust the process. It's just not gonna work. Joel and B for one phenomenal player, he's gonna be great. My problem mm-hmm. with Joel and B is that he's not conditioned. He plays a couple quarters and gets winded. Mm-hmm. And now he's slugging it up the floor. You can't have your best player on the floor slugging it up the floor. He's carrying that team. He's definitely carrying the team. Games. For sure. For sure. Carrying the team. Yeah. But you can't have your best player slugging it up the floor. Like I understand he has a large frame. He has a lot of weight to be moving around up and down the floor. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you got to be able to get up and down. Because now, you while you walking up the floor, they didn't hack Ben Simmons. Now he's at the line. <laughs> <laughs> no, this fall is point guard can't shoot a free throw. A point guard in the NBA, point guard. He's a he's he's a, he's not a traditional point guard. <laughs> they they put him at point guard because of his passing ability, but he's not a point guard. <laughs> yeah, you know what's crazy? I can't believe I'm about to do this. How hard is he working? He's been the same player since he got in the NBA. He's not working at all. That's the problem. You remember when he had first gotten the NBA and he couldn't shoot? Right. He They asked him, it was like, so are you going to try to start shooting threes? He said, why would I change my game? That's his mindset. Hmm. Yeah. So he's not working. He has no Mamba mentality. He doesn't care. It, it might be that yeah, I even heard, I hear Doc Rivers talk about how like impactful he is on the floor and you don't want to take him off the floor. It might be I mean, you might be on to something. Maybe it's everybody around him doesn't want to tell him the truth. What if nobody really tells him you, your inability to shoot free throws makes leads the other team winning games? 
Free throws. We're talking about free throws. I'm not even asking the guy to be able to shoot a mid-range jump shot. Just don't be exposed on the free throw line. You yeah. liability on the NBA basketball court at that level. The level yeah. he's a liability at. He's just a completely different. It's not like LeBron James is an ability to shoot free throws. Like he's LeBron is like 65 to like 78, depending on the season. Mm-hmm. Like ben Simmons is like 40 in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's. it's I tough, feel like man. I. How many times is he shooting free throws? I feel like he's got. I, I don't know. I feel like he's gotten better at defending, but I don't. I he might have gotten a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah. it's like all the all the recognition. We're like, oh, he's the next LeBron, right? Went to his head, right? And, and might have just that might be right because it's 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 disappointing. It really is because if you would have said, oh, who's gonna be a better player, Brandon Ingram or Ben Simmons? Most people would have said Ben Simmons because he was better at that age, right? But and we all saw, okay, he's a phenomenal passer, he's a phenomenal rebounder, he's a phenomenal defender. All he has to do is develop scoring. He's going to be an all-time great. It's just not nothing there. And Brandon Ingram's a better player right now. And do you under do you know why? Remember Brandon how Ingram we works on his game. Brent, that's one thing, and then. Another reason is remember how we said like the reason why the Miami Heat weren't successful this year is because people caught on to what they do with Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. and Tyler Hero. Yeah, they caught on to what the Seventy Sixers do. It, it's it's mm-hmm. easy to beat them now. You take out Ben Simmons mm-hmm. and it's over. I mean, like because he can't mm-hmm. do anything. They they yeah. caught on to him, so it's like if he's not gonna stretch the floor, people don't call Ben Simmons when he's at the three point line. They back away. Mm-hmm. They're gonna shoot. It's like they do Giannis. Yeah. Yeah, they, they know he can only do but so much. If you going if you, and here's another point that I agree with what you said before I, because I'm it's all gonna tie in together. The fact mm-hmm. of the matter is that you have Joel Embiid. He's a stretch big. He can stretch the floor, but he's really a back to yeah. back to the basket center who's dominant down low. Right. If you have a center like that, we've already solved the Minnesota Timberwolves problem. They have the same problem in Philadelphia as well. The fact of the matter is that they're. He's Joel Embiid is the best player on the floor. He's back to the basket. How can mm-hmm. he create and score and be efficient if somebody's always running toward him? Double teaming? No. I'm saying for the simple fact is that Ben Simmons can't shoot. He can't space the floor. So it's always mm-hmm. crowded. And he's always running toward the basket. Yeah. Joel Embiid is at the basket. How can he create and be efficient when somebody's always running toward him? Right. I is mean, it- if in the 90s... The Rockets win an NBA championship playing four out, one in with Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. With all the growth we've had in the NBA since then, how do the 76ers, at least not yet, you know, you, you're, you're, they were trying out the experiment until now. Yeah. How do they not say, okay, the NBA has gone so much farther than that, than that. You know what I mean? We have to get to that level. We have to have three shooters on the floor. Yeah. Four shooters on the floor, right? Not every one of them has to be like Steph Curry level, but you can get by with Tobias Harris level level guys from three. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. But like complete liabilities like Ben Simmons is a no-go. He he can't be on the floor. He, he, like, he literally has to. He has no choice now. Because mm-hmm. the... The 
the fantasy phase is over for the I mean for him in the NBA. Nobody's like everybody's looking at him pointing the finger now. Like everybody was like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give him yes. a chance. We'll give him a chance. He's improving. He's improving. He's improving. Mm-hmm. That's over with now. You've grown up too much yeah. now. It's been three to four years now. You're done. You're you, look. You have to get. You have to evolve now. This name of the podcast yes. is the evolution of basketball. You have to evolve now. You can no longer stay the same. If you stay the same, you will be out of the league. You know what this is a great example of? It's, it's, you just spurred a you spurred a brain thought right there. You know what he is? He's a sixty center level skilled player. You know he reminds me of skill wise. Who? Bill Russell. Oh no, don't do it. He's as offensively skilled as Bill Russell with that, passing ability. That's saying something. That's really saying something. If you if you know Bill about Russell's- Bill. Scored 18 points per game in the same era that Will Chamberlain is scoring 50 in a season, averaging. Okay, at six foot eleven. Okay, that I just compared somebody from the 60s who couldn't score against people from the 60s to Ben Simmons. Ben oh, Simmons, the modern Russell, modern modern Bill Russell without the rings. <laughs> Uh yeah, without the defense, Bill, yeah, Bill Russell's a much better defender. Yeah, much better. Bill Russell would actually be a great defender right now. He'd probably be really good switchable. He's really athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like a better version of Bam. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. If I'm comparing you offensively to Bill Russell, I don't know how much worse comparison can get. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh. Um, Man, I mean, he has a handle too, but you know, nobody you, you have you can have the Kyrie Irving's handles, but if you can't score, nobody gives nobody cares, you know. Right. So this is pointless. You you put you work on all that time on the handle for no reason because you're not going to shoot. Anything. So, yeah. And then with the Hawks, as you asked me three <sighs> questions, so I got to ask, so I got to answer all of them. And then with the Hawks, I mean, okay. like. Coaching wise, David Millen is phenomenal. phenomenal. My coach of the year got another one right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look what he did. He took the Atlanta Hawks all the way to the, I mean, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like he deserves he's it. He he's really a good coach. Like, and yes. I'm glad he's finally getting his shine. You know, mm-hmm. um, Atlanta Hawks are just wow. I mean, I think I kind of. I was like not so sold on them as you were, but I was like excited mm-hmm. by it. I was like, this is exciting basketball to watch. They're up and down game. Mm-hmm. Like they're you know, like just a young I like seeing young teams, you know, rise to the occasion. I like to see what these mm-hmm. young guys, when they get in the NBA after getting a couple years under, what they can do with good coaching. And right. Atlanta. Like I'm a little bit upset about the Pelicans. That's besides the point. But the Hawks, though, I mean, like they're just their up and down de- uh, offense and Trey Young scoring ability. I mean, like he really puts that team on his back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has moments of caring. He's a dog too. Like Q's, like loves to talk shit. Loves loves being in an opponent's arena. He loves those away games, man. I love the way he plays. I'm impressed. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah, it's just... Atlanta Hawks have a bright future. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll save this. I'll save this. Go ahead. I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll Saving save it? it? I'll save it because I was going to say something, but that's going to be talked about later. So I'll save it. Go ahead. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Know. I'll save it. I'll save it. Yeah. I'll save I'm it. Gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Yeah, don't, don't do All it. right. All right. Are you ready, Christopher Muhammad? This shift, shift gears here. Yeah. We're gonna go to the Milwaukee Bucks beating the Brooklyn Nets and probably the most drama filled at least like not off the court drama but like on the court drama filled series ever mm-hmm. you have James Harden getting hurt Kyrie Irving getting hurt all those videos coming back out about James Harden saying Giannis Antetokounmpo is just a guy that runs jumps and dunks <laughs> I said uh, that same thing <laughs> <laughs> he was like if I was seven foot tall and could just junk the basketball, it'd be so much easier. I actually have to know the game of basketball. That's basically what he said. Like, in an interview a while ago that all came back during the series, you know, Yeah. the 10 second, the 14 seconds to take, shoot your free throws. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. I mean, the fight between PJ Tucker and Kevin Durant and Katie losing his mind, dropping 48 and 49 in two different games. I mean, wow. Yeah. It's a series, man. So what's your? Uh, I'll let you go first. What do you What do you have to say? Oh my gosh! If it's not Giannis, run, jump, dunk on. <laughs> Giannis, run, jump, dunk, dunk, run, jump, jump, run, dunk <laughs> on Sigumpo. I mean, in this series, Nets at full power. I'll start here. Nets at full power, unstoppable force offensively. They would blow every single team on the NBA, and that's saying something. I, I believe in the Go LeBron James. Yeah. I do. But still, it's going to be iffy with that. <laughs> but the Nets had it. I mean, like, this series was sold up, and that's why I love the NBA, because on any given night, anything could happen, and these guys are made of glass. And I mean, because they're, you know, these aren't their first season, it's not their second season. They've been dealing with injuries, you know, throughout careers. So they've been sitting out. These are just re aggravated injuries. Some of them are new, but majority of them are re aggravated. Once you get hurt once, you're hurt forever, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, especially when you're constantly running and playing on these same ligaments and arms and bones and stuff like that, they, you know, they can't, they're not functioning at such a high level anymore because you've already hurt, you've already sprained, you've already broken. So that was their one downfall is that it was injuries. But other than that, if they could have stayed at full power, it would have been over. Because mm-hmm. nobody's guarding Kyrie, right. nobody's guarding, guarding KD, nobody's guarding right. Harden. I mean, PJ Tucker can right. do all he can, but at the end of the day, you shutting up KD and he's still dropping forty eight. Mm-hmm. But that's like literally shut. That's like put. That's giving putting pressure on him. His his lowest scoring game with PJ Tucker guarding him, I think, was thirty something, like thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty two. You stop Kate. You you hold Katie to thirty two. Guess how much Kyrie and James Harden are dropping? There's no stopping this. Yeah. So sure. I commend KD. You know what? You know what time it is. I'm gonna give him the claps because he tried his best. He he tried it. He tried it. He tried it. Hey, are you gonna say you're gonna agree with me that he's the best player in the league until we see more from LeBron? I will not. And here's why. <gasps> I will you not give you just another game. Wow, I want to hear I, this. I want to hear I will, this. I, I, I said I respect the game. You know, I'll give him the claps because he tried his hardest. I will not give him any, any 
flowers or anything saying that he's the best he's the best player in the NBA until LeBron comes back because LeBron ran through the same East. No, he didn't. Yes, he, he ran through the East repeatedly. I mean, the East wasn't as isn't not as good. Se- as it, not, no, not not the East. It, 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 it wasn't as good as it is now. But LeBron used you're, to you're, own the East, and Kevin Durant supposed to be next in line. Kevin Durant used to be next in line. It's supposed to be next in line. This is but to be he's supposed to be running through the East too. <laughs> I mean, he was until he I, lost. But that proves a point. That proves a point. That proves a point. That proves a point. And I know we're going to go deep into this, but that proves a point because LeBron ran through the East. I mean, on a weaker East for sure. Mm -hmm. But where he was the only player on the team. Mm -hmm. And he was surrounded by bums. Now, the the people that you have on your team, Kevin Durant, are better Mm -hmm. than anybody that LeBron has ever had on his team during his Cleveland Cavaliers days, except for when he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. Yeah. So you can't do it. LeBron would have did it. LeBron did it with less. So I can't say that he's the best player until he shows. I don't think he would have beaten that Bucks team. I think that Bucks team is close to Boston Celtics level with KG, Ray, and the other group. I mean, Drew Holiday, Chris Muddleton, Beacon, Peter Tucker off the bench. I got it. This I, is the best Giannis we've ever seen. Because he's run, jumping, dunking at a high clip. <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and he's starting to hit fade away like mid-range shots. So Still can't hit a free throw, but it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I, 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 I don't want to give it to him because I feel like <laughs> if he's the best player, he should have been able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I understand why you don't want to give it to him, uh, but I, he was he was one shot away, you know, like yeah, that's close enough for me, you know. I mean, I really believe that. I mean, when you score forty eight and forty nine out of three games and get thirty two in a game, I mean, how is he's he's one of the greatest all time, you know his. In my opinion, until further, until further notice, until I see LeBron like what we used to see LeBron, because you know he did not even score more than twenty five points in a playoff game. So, uh, yeah, it's Kevin Durant for me. I thought that after you see forty eight that you'd be convinced until further notice too, but I guess you're not willing to put LeBron on probation. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna award losses. Oh my gosh! Okay, Skip Bayless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yes, he was a yes, yes. I, I give it to him. Yes, he scored forty eight, forty nine. But I mean, like, as, I mean, he. The one thing is that my best player in the world. <laughs> I don't say it that way, since you're a non-believer. <laughs> can go seven games at a high clip. And is an Iron Man in the NBA, or was Kevin Durant after yeah, playing three games by himself, tired, his legs gave out. Don't his leg forty eight points in a game and carrying the full game. He was tired. Yeah, at the end, I mean, he was doing what Kyrie was there for and LeBron was there. Remember for when? Remember when Jimmy Butler beat LeBron for one game? Beat beat LeBron in the finals. Not, not like completely, but you know, remember the game he won and he was all yeah. hunched over, tired. 
Uh-huh. He couldn't do that the next game. Nobody is like LeBron. And that I can't, can I can't, I can't get stand beat by the Suns in less than seven. It was an injured <laughs> LeBron. Don't do that because he was injured. He was injured. He's coming off an injury. His best, his second best player is injured. I mean, and he's walking around with bumps. How many, how many Lakers, how many Laker, Laker, how many Laker players had zero? Can we talk about that? I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Did any of it, Kevin Durant's role player score zero points? I don't know off the top of my head. Exactly. But we know for a fact <laughs> that Kuzma had like zero. KCP had How like old four. is LeBron? 36. He's going on 37 next year. Yep. It no. It might be father time. It is not. Dude. The only reason you're saying is father time is knocking. You weren't saying father time was knocking when he was almost winning MVP? Mm, I've seen the slow decline for a while. Think about it. Okay, look, everybody in the in the in the media, okay, mm-hmm. is always like, Father Tom is knocking at the door. Father Tom mm-hmm. is knocking at the door. Now they're saying that, but when he was about to win the MVP before he got before somebody dived into his ankle, mm-hmm. nobody was saying Father Tom was oh, he's the best we've ever seen him tonight. He's 36. <laughs> you know what dick. this sounds like? What? Kobe. Mm. You remember how good Kobe looked? Yeah. One injury when he's old. Around the same age as LeBron. Never the same. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's the reality. If I don't, it's not, I'll gladly, I, I'm gladly give it back to him. But I just, age, injury, we saw him not the same. His game is predicated on his ability to get to the rim, at least offensively. That if he's not at that level, Kevin Durant's going to be the best player next year. It's just age. No, he's not on that level yet. He's not. He's not Kevin there Durant. Yet. He, what do you I, mean? I mean, he's on that he's, level, but he's just not. I'm not going to give him the best player in the world. I mean, I can't give him the best player on the planet. I can't give him the best player in the NBA. I can't do it. Change this. If it was LeBron James with those stat lines, you'd be yelling at me saying that he's still the best. For sure. I and already he think he's the best. It wouldn't be he's still the best. He's just, he just is the best. It's, it's no I think steal. There's like a KD. That would mean that he wasn't at one point. He is. I think there's KD discrimination. Like if Michael Jordan dropped 49 and 48 in two or three games and lost an NBA series, everybody would always be talking about how great he was in those games, be hyping him up, and they would be like, okay, well, he didn't have much talent. It'd be like, wow, what an amazing performance. That's why he's the GOAT. That's why he's our GOAT. Like, that was GOAT-level performance from Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? And he's that, that's top five player of all time performance. That, you know, For sure. It's, it's what he is. For sure. So, uh, I mean, I know you agree with me with that, but I'm saying he 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 can be the best player in the league. Like, he's at that level. I mean, there's two of them. But, you know, LeBron might just be falling off a little bit. I'm not willing to make him the one or the two. Okay. It's just like a picture of your who's the best player in your league, and they're just both in the picture. (laughs) (laughs) He's top five, but I'm not willing to make him the one yet. (laughs) What do you have to see? Let's, let's, Let's answer this question. I want to be able to hold you to something. 
Mortal had to see. Mm-hmm. Moon without a star. No, I'm saying. I mean, you're gonna have to see something from LeBron James. What if LeBron doesn't look the same? How you how you not gonna say that Kevin Durant's not the guy then? I I can't say Kevin Durant's the guy because for the simple fact that okay, look, I understand that LeBron had Wade and Bosh. I get that. I understand that he had Kyrie and Kevin Love. I get that. But before he had these teams, before he had these teams, he was taking bums to the finals. Yes, mm-hmm. he was losing, but he was taking bums to the finals. I understand the NBA is different, but if you're that great of a player, then you should be able to overcome. You should be able to overcome to a extent. Remember, he was dragging the Cavaliers to the finals. Yes, he lost to the Warriors because they had KD, <clears throat> Steph, Clay, Draymond, all these stars, but he dra- he really willed the Cavs team past the Celtics team that might have been better. You know what you're making a great argument for? What? LeBron James being the GOAT. Exactly. Think about this for a second. Think about but, this for a second. Mm-hmm. I, 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 listen, I can't stamp him. He don't even have to win the finals. Just do it by yourself. That's all I'm saying. Just do it by yourself because he really has to have a second person. I, look, I understand you have to have a second, third person to win the finals. I give you that. That's fine because the NBA has changed. There's too much too much going on. There's too much firepower, too much offensive firepower, too many stars, too many different. I don't even know. It's too, it's too different now. Go to the finals by yourself. Show me that you can do that. Then I'll I'm stamp so you. glad. I'm so glad you said what you said because you, you got something sparking in my brain. It's not going to go the way you think. Just just do it by yourself and then and then and then I'll stamp you. You do it by yourself and LeBron doesn't look the same, best player in the world. I'll give it to you. Yes, his top five performance. I'm not taken away from his goat level performance. I you know, I've seen LeBron drop fifty one, you know what I mean, and do and do all types of crazy stuff. But I've seen him do it on a team where he was literally the best player. And I mean like he took this mug. <laughs> This cap, this pencil eraser, this chain to the finals. I mean, like, and Kevin Durant has way better stuff. I mean, like, if you want to talk clothes, LeBron had, like, Old Navy and Kevin Durant had fucking polo. Like, think about it for a second. Like, I'm talking about teammates. You're making a great. You're doing a great job because I'm really gonna I'm really gonna say something. I'm just like if he you could do no it by himself. I, I'm just I don't, but if he could just do it by himself, that's all I'm asking. Just I mean, I understand mm-hmm. you had you, this is your opportunity right now to prove who you were, and I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. I'm sorry. Good job though. You get the claps. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. So we're getting a little off track, but it's it's worth making this point. Go ahead. All right, Chris. I feel like you just made a great debate for LeBron James to go to all time. Yeah. Michael Jordan do anything in the playoffs without Scottie Pippen? No. Kobe Bryant, how many times did he miss the playoffs without Shaq or Pau Gasol or Andrew Bynum or Lamar Odom or Derek Fisher? There, there was a gap there between Shaq and Pau, right? Yeah. All right. We go to Kareem. 
He has mm-hmm. Oscar Robinson at the beginning of his career. In his prime years, he doesn't make the NBA Finals until he's older with Magic. Yeah. Wilt Chamberlain, better than Bill Russell, has like two rings. Mm. Or one. And took until when he was really older to be really consistently good in the late 70s with Jerry, uh, Jerry West and... Uh, I don't know if Elgin Bill was on the team, but it might have been a guy whose name's kind of escaping me right now. He's a shooter. Um, yeah, I mean, what you just did was a great example of why LeBron's the GOAT. You know what I mean? Because he is the only player in NBA history to do that. Like Michael Jordan just scored 50. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Kevin Durant... I I'll take Kevin Durant being a Michael Jordan level star, Michael Jordan level best player in the league. He might not be as great as LeBron was at his peak, but you know I I think this might be a great that's a, that's a great example for that. We're a little off topic, but it was a it was a great way to put it home. Yeah. I'll give you that. He's a Michael Jordan S player because he's, you know, he's a prolific scorer, one of the greatest scorers we've probably ever seen. Right. But he's those guys need help. I can't, I can't, I can't give it to him. I can't give, I can't give it to him. Sorry, I can't. But what you're saying is you wouldn't have been able to give it to Kareem or Michael Jordan. I mean, after seeing, because the comparison that we're making is LeBron KD. These hmm. players came before. So that's before we've seen anything like LeBron. Mm-hmm. So basing it off that, even though it, the GOAT comparison is between LeBron and Mike, basing it off that, I was comp- we will be comparing... Well, I mean, when when Michael Jordan is coming up and when Kareem is coming up, we're comparing them to past generations and, you know, and seeing who's mm-hmm. better between them. So I can't... Yeah. I mean, I wasn't really... Meaning, I mean, we're talking about current NBA, so that's why I'm comparing. That's why I'm yeah. saying KD and LeBron. You see what I'm saying? Like well, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying by your description of why you can't name KD the best means that when Kareem was not doing well in the playoffs, maybe sometimes not even making the playoffs, you wouldn't have had him as the best player in the league. But I'm comparing him to LeBron. Because that's 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 a, that's a whole conversation. I'm just so, using your argument against you. <laughs> yeah, but what I'm saying is that you can't, you kind of can't, because I'm comparing KD to LeBron. Mm. You see, like I'm saying that if we're going to switch, if we're going to put slide LeBron down to number two and make KD number one, then we have to compare those two to each other. And I'm saying that what LeBron mm. was able to do in his younger years versus what KD was able to do, he LeBron did it by himself. KD wasn't able. It, it, I, I don't know if Katie can do it by himself. He hasn't proven to me he can do it by himself. He's always needed that second and third person. Mm-hmm. Now, in those years, I mean, I would have still gave it to Kareem. I would have still gave it to Mike because we're not comparing them to what LeBron could do because LeBron hasn't done it yet. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I was just talking about your train of thought. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying my best. I tried. I tried. I was trying. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to shift gears here to the West? To the West? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got the uh, the 
Clippers beating the Jazz. How do you feel about it? <sighs> okay. My problem is that I had the Jazz winning. I definitely had the Jazz winning. I had the Jazz winning from Jump. Mm-hmm. My picks are wrong all the time. This is a side point. Um, I had the Jazz winning because I thought that No, wait. Yeah, I had the Jazz winning because I thought, I mean, no, I had the Jazz winning after Kawhi went down. And I'm very surprised, but not completely shocked, that Paul George went off and showed us who he truly is. And that just kind of just proves the fact that Paul George doesn't need a second star. I mean, a second all-star. He just needs a second star. If you get what I'm saying. Mm. Listen to me now. Paul George and Indiana Pacers before his injuries and even after his injuries, stuff like that, he's a all-star level talent. Okay? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's great. Prolific. But he's never actually had that second person in Indiana. He doesn't need a second all-star. He needs a second star. Mm-hmm. He needs somebody just right below him that they defer to him. Because when he's on the court by himself, he can do magic. Now, because Kawhi is on the floor and Kawhi is technically his better half, now he's deferring to Kawhi. Yeah, he's still getting his buckets, but he's still deferring to Kawhi because Kawhi is technically the better star of the Mm -hmm. two. So he really just needs, I I mean, I like the pairing a little bit between him and Kawhi, but he really just needs his own team. And they just need to draft well or trade well to get him a star. I mean, a player right below him. And then you'll see what I'm talking about. It's kind of what he proved. He doesn't really need Mm -hmm. a second all-star. He just needs a player right below. That's going to defer to him that he's going to be, you know what I mean? Somebody he's going to be better than so that he can lead the team because he he can lead a team. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what Kawhi's injury showed us during the series. Mm-hmm. Was that he can lead a team. I was Yeah. I agree that he could lead a team, but I also think it's like two great forwards together. Um uh so that like they do the same thing, so on the same basketball court they're redundant. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have another player, just like in in Washington, like they have Bradley Bill and Russell Westbrook. Two different players; they do different things. They complement each other. These two players don't complement each other because they do the exactly mm-hmm. the same thing, just like you said. So you have to have those players. So you have to have somebody who does something else, and then it can work. Because now you have two scoring mm-hmm. forwards who can play defense. They're just like a copy of each other. Mm-hmm. You, you're right. It gets redundant. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely one of them could use a, a guard or a big man like Anthony Davis to really compliment them. Anthony yeah. Davis is such a great compliment to so many great uh, players. You know, I I think it's a it's a sad thing for Donovan Mitchell, but this you know they had this is what the maximization of their team is. They can be a good regular season team, but we all know that they're not real in the playoffs, right? Like, we would have chosen the Golden State Warriors over them. Like, yeah. whoa, could you imagine the Golden State Warriors in this playoffs? That'd be trippy, trippy. Yeah. 
That would be interesting. What if they would have been like in the Western Conference Finals right now? We losing our mind over Steph Curry in the Western Conference Finals, and Nicole Jokic got the MVP. Like stupid people. Yeah, that's probably why uh, yeah. Curry didn't get it. Mm-hmm. He didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I uh, I, I'm just until they get another star. Sadly, Donovan Mitchell's never gonna be. NBA champion or level of that. Well, what's your uh, what's your take on Suns uh, beating winning their series versus the Nuggets? Suns winning their series against the Nuggets. I thought we. Oh, okay. So once again, heartbroken. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm heartbroken about that for sure. Definitely heartbroken because I was hoping that the Nuggets would beat the Suns. I said that it would go either way because Michael Porter Jr. just came down to him. It came down whether he could step into the time machine. Mm -hmm. I thought he could step into the time machine and, you know, jump two two years forward and drop 36. Like, you know, like we think he can do. Like we know or we're expecting Michael Porter Jr. to become a great player in the next couple years. You know what I'm saying? And he has every potential to be so, but we were, we needed him to do that now. He wasn't ready for yes. it to do that now. Mm-hmm. So that was really a deciding factor was Michael Porter Jr., whether he could jump in the time machine and become the player that we know he can be, not the player that he is. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, because he wasn't able to do so, except for like maybe a couple games, the Suns ended up being... Two and three versus one, so mm-hmm. and that's how they won. That was the matchups. Mm-hmm. They didn't. I mean, there was nobody who could match up well. They- yeah, I, I I agree. All right, so we can uh, move into what we're going to predict quickly, and then we'll get into this top ten list. All right, Western Conference Finals, Chris. Mm-hmm. The Suns won Game One. Oh my gosh. Two terrible teams that would never like without Chris Paul and without Kawhi Leonard, this this would not be living an alternate universe. This is like somebody simming on two K is like, okay, I'm gonna force win for these two teams. Like, who do you have, man? Who do you have? You're really taking it in. Yeah. So without Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. I have, without Chris Paul, without Kawhi, I have the Suns winning. Mm, tell me why. Coaching. It comes down to coaching. Mm, Tyron Lue is definitely going to get outcoached. He's going to get outcoached by Monty Williams for sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. PG's going, PG, like I said, I want to give him all the praise. You know what I mean? I always call him because he's most consistently unconsistent. He is. He's playing phenomenal. But... Yes. Devin Booker is also playing phenomenal. And I think that between the two, Devin Booker's the better. Yeah. I, I think also it's more realistic that Chris Paul gets back than Kawhi gets back. I really have heard that it's like a terrible like four month injury. Like he's gonna need surgery, surgery. Like gonna oh, be well, just sad for him, but uh Yeah, so. that's very sad. In the East. In the East? Oh I got Atlanta. Oh yeah, I got Atlanta. I got Atlanta. I got Atlanta because I just feel like 
Atlanta versus the Bucks. I just don't. I mean, what are fuck on wood? But like, the reason why the Bucks beat the Nets was because two of their best, two of their three best players were out. This is a red hot, fully staffed Atlanta Hawks coming right at you. They're young and they're hungry. Giannis right. can only run, jump, dunk so much. They mm-hmm. are letting it fly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and unless Chris Middleton step up like he did in the Nets series toward the end, then it's game over. I got Atlanta in seven. This is sad. Because I'm sure everybody expects I'm the Atlanta Hawks prophet. Bucks and six. Am I Charles Barkley? Am I just cursing teams right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that yeah, defensively they can stop Giannis. Like they're not going to be hugely flawed against Giannis, but it's just Drew Holiday's going to guard Terry Young, so it's not like he's getting guarded by somebody terrible. Uh, you know, it's. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Giannis. The only problem, the only thing, the only thing that could lead the Atlanta Hawks winning is if they're in drop coverage on that pick and roll. If you don't know what that means, it's when the pick and roll, imagine Trey Young getting set a screen by Craig Capelli. He's coming over the screen, and then his guy... um, goes over the screen or under the screen. Either way, it doesn't matter. What matters is the center that's guarding Krim Capello stays at the rim. Okay, so Trey Young is going to get wide open threes. And Lou Williams is going to get wide wide open mid-range shots. If that's the way they're going to play, then Christopher Muhammad might be the prophet next time we do this podcast about the series. But if that's not the way they're going to play, and I'm be sadly right, but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a great series. Trey Young's gonna love talking his stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Giannis is gonna have great stats. Uh, who you got in the NBA Finals? Who you got winning so far? After this is a wild season, so you'd have the Hawks versus the Suns. Who would have guessed? Certain things have happened, and I have Phoenix winning it all. Wow, Chris Paul talking about a great moment. I have Chris Paul getting. Uh, oh, I did. I not say who I would have winning. I chose the Suns too. I said Suns too, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take the uh, Bucks beating the Suns in six, and uh, Giannis gets the most unimportant, most real, least realistic ring of all time. Least meaningless, the most meaningless ring of all time for the Giannis Antetokounmpo is what he gets. Oh, the ring man. without Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And no Kawhi either. So he didn't have to go through Kawhi. Yeah, he didn't have to go to that combo. If Kawhi comes back and I'm wrong, though, Clippers. All Clippers. the way. Mm-hmm. Suns. And then Lakers. And then Lakers players will have a... Uh, funeral for all their fans they're just gonna all have a day off from work and you know it's gonna be a moment snoop dogg's gonna cry to himself to sleep have nightmares yeah yeah all right you ready to move into our uh, main event yeah all right let me get everything set up here Please. all right so we're gonna be heading into our top 
10 players of the 2000s, the 2010s podcast. I mean, not podcast, but like the part of this podcast. We're also going to be talking about the evolution of the NBA during this uh, period of time before that little short time. So one thing that I definitely saw is that the shorter guys are starting to pass the taller guys in skill. It's it's starting to happen this era. Kobe's more skilled than Shaq. You know, Trace McGrady's more skilled than Shaq. Jeez, uh, I mean, Steve Nash more skilled. Jason Kidd more skilled. I mean, Gilbert Arenas more skilled. Like, there's those guys are getting so skilled at this guard position that's going to lead into what it's in the 2010s, where it's just, centers are like literally the role guys now. Um, centers are like what the four the power forward position was in the 90s. You get rebounds and you play defense. Like mm-hmm. I just described, Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah, I mean. They're higher-level athletes. Kevin Garnett's a freak of nature. LeBron James, Shaq's a freak of nature. Kobe isn't a freak of nature, but he's a good athlete. Trace McGrady. I know you love Insanity. Allen Iverson. You have the the start of like really flashy, the crossover, leaning, getting people off balance, white chocolate, all that stuff, man. All the lovely dribbles that we love to see, you know, off the off-hand uh, layup, those odd, oddly odd uh, footwork layups that Steve Nash used to have. Uh, more people can shoot from three layers by what I mean, but like, Trace McGrady can score at the basket, mid-range, and three-point. You know what I mean? Kobe, same thing. There's a lot more scores in the NBA in this era, too, compared to in the 90s, and that's the things I saw. You know, that's the growth I saw. What's What's your take? I would say that as well. It's definitely got to became a more flashier, more skilled era. Um, we went from right. the traditional point guard. I mean, there are still some traditional point guards, but now we have the breadth of AI, who was the most untraditional point guard. He was, you know, more of a scorer. Right. He was running up and down the floor. He was crossing mm-hmm. people up and scoring and going to the hoop and going to the basket and stuff and just transforming the point guard position. Right. Completely right. Which I wish he was 10, so that would be a great transition, but he's not. Uh, All right. You ready for number 10? I'm ready. Man, this guy was... Number 10 position was tough. I mean, Jason Kidd was in the running. Steve Nash was in the running. Carmelo Anthony was in the running. It was really close, but I have somebody that's an upset, in my opinion. This guy's an upset. Dwight Howard. Peak Dwight Howard for starters carried a team to the NBA Finals. Hito yeah. Tukerlu, Jameer Nelson, passed LeBron James, beat LeBron James in the playoffs. I mean, this guy's peaking out around 20 points, three blocks, 14 rebounds. Uh, don't get me started on free throw shooting, at 16%. <laughs> uh, hack of the weight. I mean, yeah. yeah, this guy is he's he's ridiculously gifted athlete. It's just what it is. He's 6'10", and it's just, like, bouncy. Uh, he's not a ton of post skill, but, you know, it's it's just he's such a gifted athlete. You know, It's probably a letdown because he probably should have been as great as, like, all-time great centers, but he didn't develop that skill, so he didn't kind of hit the peak of, like, seven years in where the skill and the athleticism are matching. But, uh, yeah, he was... 
It was ridiculous. He was uh, the best defensive player in the league. I mean, I think he won Defensive Player of the Year. What was it? I mean, geez. Let's see. Defensive Player of the Year three times. Rebounding champ five times. He's eight-time All-NBA. I remember one time it was really close winning a P. I mean, he's just a ridiculous athlete. uh, Just... Blocks everything, lob city. It's just he's, yeah, ridiculous. What what's your take on Dwight Howard? He's a freakish athlete, and my whole thing is that he was so great at his peak. Like you said, he went past LeBron. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was winning Defensive Players of the Year and rebounding champs. Like he was a legit center, especially for that era. And then what's really mm-hmm. sad about Dwight, yes. besides the fact that he had his post, he did, you know, he really never developed like a really solid post game, was mm-hmm. that the NBA evolved around him and he got left behind. Right. Yeah. So we never got to treat his see his true greatness because he just he got left behind very fast because he came in oh nine mm-hmm. oh like oh eight oh nine. No, he was not drafted. No, either. Was it was oh nine right? He was drafted in oh five. It was when? Oh five. He was drafted in oh five. You sure? Yeah, oh four or five was his rookie season. Nah. Yep. I just googled it. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, oh. Yeah, he came in after. He came after LeBron. Yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, no. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm talking about. I'm thinking his rookie year, and I'm comparing it to his peak. And I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, so yeah, his I was thinking his rookie year was his peak. Yeah, so you're right about that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like he peaked in like '08 and '09, and I'm just like, and then slowly after that, like the NBA just kept transforming and just left it behind. Right. Yeah, it's it's sad, but that's that is the truth. He is a there's there's more potential there than what what really happened but you know he had a good career we have our top 10 list uh our top nine is ridiculous though i yeah. mean uh, the uh, who's at nine is so much better than who's at 10 yeah the top nine is the greatest top nine i've ever seen uh through our throughout our rankings i mean literally number nine could be like number three in the 60s Maybe even number two. Probably number two. Mm. I'd rather have Dirk Nowitzki than Oscar Robinson. Yeah. Who is number nine? I mean, let's let's talk about it. In younger years, he is... I mean, he's drafted in, I think, 1995. No, 1998. I mean, he's peaking out around 26 points per game in that era with about two blocks. No, not 1.5 blocks per game. Maybe around nine to ten rebounds, but his gift was—he's ridiculous shooter. I mean, in nineteen in two thousand six, he's shooting forty percent from the three-point line. Like, that's ridiculous for a power forward. Uh, he is one of the first-time great stretch bigs. Uh, definitely nobody has as highly efficient as he was. He's a, definitely a better post game than people remember. But he's—he also. He wasn't just limited to that. He's, a, again, a three-level score. His mid-range game is where he became amazing. That's where he became all-time great. Because even though there's a lot of players that, hey, I can shoot a three, when somebody 
and I can you know post up, but not many players can be super dominant mid range ISO, right? That's where he elevated. I mean that fadeaways, one leg fadeaways is yes, all the one leg fadeaways. If you're too close, you know he'll put a shoulder on you and blow by you. And then I mean, and then as the NBA started transitioning, like you just mentioned, he's a he's a phenomenal pick and roll big man. Because yeah, he can catch the ball at the rim, but uh, his value is oh my goodness, he just popped out and he's gonna get a wide wide open shot. Like he's unstoppable offensively. He's the greatest scoring power forward maybe of all time. Uh, he's just he's ridiculous, man. The fact that we have a this guy a, a guy at this level. Rhyme is ridiculous. I, I love watching this guy play. Um, so yeah, what's your take? Definitely agree. Um, that rainbow three, that one leg fadeaway, these are all synonymous with Dirk Nowitzki. I mean, think about this for a second. This is mm-hmm. this is our number nine. He doesn't have that many championships, but he, like you said, he's one right. of the greatest scoring bigs. He's led a Dallas Mavericks team to a championship. He played through a true flu game. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So running high temperatures and coughing up lungs, but he's still able to score at a high clip and able to become one of the greatest, in my opinion, power forwards of all time. And he's just hitting those mm-hmm. strides. He's just hitting those strides. So I I really want to just agree with you completely about this because Dirk is so under I mean, I don't I feel I'm not gonna say he's underrated. He might be underappreciated. Because right. the NBA I mean, evolved so quickly that it's kind of like he he was no longer like a unicorn because every every other big is doing what he was doing. Not at his size. Not the size, but more like more so along the lines that the bigs coming after him were doing similar. Yeah, but weren't as like dominant as yeah. he is. Yeah. Like Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> oh, man. What you can see on TikTok, bro. <laughs> Laurie Markkinen better than Dirk Nowitzki. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are you ready to move on to number eight in our ranking? Yes. This one was so hard, man. I feel so bad about where I have him. It's like I have FOMO or something like that. Mm. Allen Iverson, number eight. I'm mean, got a four-time scoring champ, eleven-time All-Star, three-time steals leader, MVP in 2000-2001 season. Carried what what is a bunch of bumps to the NBA Finals to lose the Shaq in four games. I mean, this guy's scoring 31 points per game back-to-back seasons. He has more assists than you would think. You know, he's going to be averaging around five to six to seven when he's older in like 2006. So the no, the idea that this guy wasn't getting assists is false. It's just team people didn't want to say he's a point guard because they'd never seen anything like Allen Iverson before. And he's a great, he's the evolution of basketball too. Like he is the birth of the modern point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, multiple times steals leader. He's. Ridiculous. He, I mean, he's in his peak years. He is averaging a Steph Curry stat line. Steph Curry is averaging like five or six assists a game. 
I mean, not with the three-point shooting, but with like points per game and assists. That is very similar. I mean, but it's different. It's very different. Uh, he's before his time being able to cross over, shake a defender, get leverage, have great feet, explosion, speed, and ability to finish at the rim. Okay, and he's gonna have a nice mid-range game, pull-up jump shot. Um, you know, he's he has that toughness too. He has the will to win. You know what I mean? Like he's he's gonna go all out for the city. I know there's a joke about practice. But I don't think any. I mean, he's like a Russell Westbrook level. I'm playing hard every night, guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, yeah, that's he's a special player, man. Uh, really special. I love I love watching him play. So yeah, what do you? What's your take on Mr. Allen? Practice, <laughs> practice. <laughs> Not talking about practice. Not a game, but practice. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson, the, tr- the answer. The truth. The truth. But no, Paul Pierce is the truth. He's the answer. No. Paul Pierce doesn't get a nickname over Alan Iverson. <laughs> As Alan Iverson wanted to say, I'm the truth, nobody will care about Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Alan Iverson, he definitely walked so the modern point guard could run. Yes. He not only influenced basketball from a athletic standpoint as far mm-hmm. as his scoring, his ability on the floor and mm-hmm. how, and how, what he was able to do with the team. But he also influenced basketball. He evolved the basketball fashion. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. See, they were wearing he suits to games. He had swag. He, he walked. So Russell and tattoos. So he did not look like the mm-hmm. normal basketball player. They were all wearing suits to games and looking very mm-hmm. business casual. Now you got Russell Westbrook Michael wearing Jordan. half shirts with holes in them. I mean, like, he did that. Right. He started that trend. I mean, like, he right. made so that that was... He he took all the fines so that Russell Westbrook could wear what he wants to wear now. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he, he got rid of hand-checking. He ended hand-checking because a tiny 160-pound Six foot player could not be hand checked because you couldn't get the hands on the guy because he was coming at you. It's not John Stockton, Gary Payton, all that. Put my back to him. Jason Kitty even does this, which is so sad to watch. It's like, what are you even doing, bro? You're a point guard. <laughs> but it's like, okay, I'm going to back him down. Okay, I'm going to look for the offense. I'm going to set up my player. And then Gary Payton has his hand on him. Oh, yeah, he's standing right here. It's really easy. I don't really have to do anything. I'm just going to put it here. And, you know, he's trying to get the ball to Carmelo. You know, Allen Iverson's trying to break your ankles, bro. Allen Iverson's trying to get a bucket. Okay. You can't, you can't hand check somebody who's blowing by you you can't even get him on him i mean if you yeah. move your hand this way he's gonna go the other way like he's too quick he's too quick with the ball he's trying to get blow by you the hand check is over after alan iverson for point guards okay when it's when a tiny guy like that can defeat hand checking i don't want to hear about it especially when dennis robin talks about lebron james hand check you hand check at two two fifty right. uh, <laughs> six nine uh, two fifty six seven Duke, Dennis Robin, six seven. Don't, I don't want to get started. I don't even, yeah, it's the end of hand checking. Allen yeah. Iverson is the answer to hand checking. <sighs> and that's right. why the defense. Here's another evolution of basketball point. Since we want to talk about that for real quick, I'm gonna say this real fast. Because mm-hmm. because of hand checking, at mm-hmm. the end of hand checking, see, 
the reason why hand checking doesn't work anymore is because of exactly what you just mentioned. The guards are too skilled. Yeah, I mean, what's the reason yeah. that you putting your hand on them if they're going to cross you up? Right. AI cross Jordan. I mean, Jordan right. is the most old school hand checking basketball player ever. <laughs> right. But with the def- the way the defense is now, you defense has became better because they have to figure out a way to play against these very skilled guards. Right. Because now you can't put your hand on them and guide them where you wanted to go. You got to be able mm-hmm. to be quick. You got to be able to be athletic. If you are slow, you don't fit. This game has slow sped up. This game has sped up. It became more skilled. And now they're shooting from even further. So now you think, okay, if I can stop him from shooting at the three-point line, I can, mm-hmm. you know, get him to come inside. No. He's going to launch from half court now. Steph <laughs> <laughs> Curry, ridiculous. Dame Lillard. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, the game has evolved. Mm-hmm. It continues to evolve. Right. And going back to AI, yes. I mean, with such a skilled player on the floor, I mean, there's no way you'd be able to stop him. He's scoring. He's He's... Six foot, 160, smallest guy on the floor probably, and he's dropping 40 points on everybody. You know what I mean? He won right. the MVP. There is not... Okay, I'm not going to say there's not a more a, a better score, but there's not more of a person who has embodied the evolution of basketball than AI did. Mm-hmm. Because he... Yeah, I completely agree. He... Set up the rest of the NBA. The way the NBA is now is because of AI. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. He's the revolution in basketball. All right, you ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, if you're wondering why we have such weird faces, uh, <laughs> oh, man. I'm feeling bad just about to say it. Oh, oh okay. I, I, yeah. You say it, I'll explain it. <laughs> we have one of the riskiest things we've ever said. I'm, I'm so nervous about this. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Go I ahead. mean, we, we had Charles Barkley eight once. Yes, yeah. this is like that. Bill Russell was like four. So we kind of sort of take peak more seriously the length of career. We want to say I want to say that before we talk about this. All right, I'm just gonna breathe in, and breathe out. Tim Duncan's number seven. <sighs> And do you understand why? If you don't, I shall explain. Here we go. Tim Duncan, like we've mentioned in previous podcasts, if we might have, or maybe we've even just talked about this normally between me and you, Jay, is that mm-hmm. he is really fundamental basketball. And that's not a reason why, but I'm going to get to that. He just he kind of just goes to the same spot and just performs the same move, and it works. That's kind of what repetition does. But he's mm-hmm. kind of overrated because he's not the best. He he's up there, but he's definitely not the best because he has he's not as athletic as the other guard. I mean, as the other the other the other players in his position, he he can't even do half the things that the other players in his position can do. He does the things he can do very well. He has some he has some nice post moves. He has that hook, but when it comes to it's just hard. 
it's just he's just he's just not that great. But I don't want to say he's not that great, but he's just not that great. Is he could definitely? I feel like. I'm going to put this out here. I'm going to say this. I feel that if it wasn't because of the system that he was in, he wouldn't have been as successful. Because it's literally, the system was built for him. It was built to make him effective. Because you have Tony Parker, you have Mono Ginobili. Those three there. Tony Parker is going to set Tim Duncan up. He's going to set the other players up. He's going to get Tim Duncan in the, he's going to make, so Tim going to get to a spot always, big fundamental, going to get to a spot. Tony Parker's going to lob the ball into him. He's not a lob threat. He just kind of just does what he does very well. But he does have some upsides. His upsides is that he's like, I would, how I, how I um, just kind of described it was him just being slippery. Like he's kind of just, he has, works his body and gets really good angles and is able to get Mm -hmm. past his defenders. Like I've seen one highlight in particular where I think he was playing the Lakers and like he gets the ball and he drives past the defender, but his body doesn't even touch the guy. Like he's really good at that. He's really good at working the angles at maximizing what he's good at, but he's just not that great. He's just not, he's just not that great. It's, we're, it's we're talking about somebody that a lot of like people consider. Four or five rings? Five. Five, five rings? Yeah. All right. Let me let me tell you what I was expecting. We we did not grow up with Tim Duncan. You know, we we started watching basketball around like like started really watching like two thousand eight, two thousand nine ish. Yeah. So like, <laughs> his is before that. So we saw him after, and at least I assumed that he was way better before. Right. But I can't believe I'm about to say this. He is offensively skilled. Um, you know, 25 points per game is his peak. Um, most years he's scoring around 23. He does have one playoff series where he averaged 29. Uh, he's a phenomenal rebounder, 12 to 13 a game. Uh, blocks guys, ridiculous three. Like he's a great player to everything else that makes a power forward position important. He's six eleven. He's tall. Uses that to his advantage. Got a good mid-range shot, good bank shot, like got good post moves, good passer, good team player, Mr. Fundamental for a reason. I think it's a, part of the reason there's so many great players on the list, but I feel like I'm dancing around it. He's not as good as we think. Um, He's not as good as David Rums. He's not as good as Akeem Olajuwon. Uh, he is a product of winning system, great talent around him. Exactly. I completely agree. I completely agree with you that. Um, and just you know the way public perception works, right? A guy that's the best player on a team that wins five rings, he must be phenomenal. You know what I mean? But when I watched him. When you when you compare him to the the guys in front of him, like the peak guys that we have in front of him are just so amazing that he's not on that level, right? I mean, the guy we have at six, I'll just I'll just say it. I watched Kevin Garnett play him, right? And once Kevin Garnett was the same size as him, it looked like okay, Tim Duncan's ability to be effective is because he's a power forward, he's six eleven, he has all those skills that he has, and he's playing at six nine, six eight. 
right? Which makes sense. Yeah. So he gets that advantage all the time because they always have a center on the floor until he's like 2009, 2010-ish. Um, and so, you know, it's part of that is that, you know what I mean? And it's just, you know, the, the players we have in front of them are great, but it's it's a little disappointing. It, it, it is. I thought he would be a little more athletic when he was younger. It wasn't really that. Uh, I thought he'd be more of a blocks threat. Like, and I he's a block he's a blocks guy, but I thought he would just be more bouncy. He's just really fundamentally sound, and you know he doesn't look great. And I tried looking past that, and I watched like a full game of Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan play each other in 2004, which took a long time. That's like an hour and a half. But you know, it was, yeah, it was, I wanted to make sure I wasn't tripping. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, Tim Duncan seven, man. Are you ready to roll it into the, the guy number six? Yeah. All right. Number six. We just mentioned him. Kevin Garnett MVP, 2003, 2004. This guy's peaking out at around 24.2 points. It's kind of like, uh, Mr. Tim he's going to be around 23 22 in his peak years kind of chill around there he's going to have more rebounds uh he's averaging like 13 almost 14 um he has more assists too at his peak he has has ability as a ball hander which really is special um he's 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 a really special player do you want to talk about it first or you want me to talk about it first i had tim duncan so i think you should go first um yeah I mean, this this guy is like prime Giannis right now, athlete, but not as like thick. But that's like his gift athletically. Um, he's a little bit of a better passer, but his gift is his range with his athletic abilities. Like he really does have like a high school three point range and in his ability to score from that range and uh, face somebody up and get to the basket and finish at the rim, dunk on people. It's he's extremely dominant. Uh his defense is ridiculous. It it matches Tim Duncan in a different way because he can guard multiple positions like unlike a, a Tim Duncan can. He is just an equalizer, man. I was really surprised. I really thought that we we're gonna come in here and say Tim Duncan's the greatest power forward of the era. Tim Duncan's better than Kevin Garnett. But I think it's he got stuck on a team that didn't win a lot. Oh, what, what, Christopher Mahon? You got your hand up? What's, what's up? I got a question. Well, it's not uh-huh. a question. It's more like a comment. And I don't want to lo- make you lose your train of thought. But when I, when I, okay, so watching Tim Duncan and then hearing about Tim Duncan, it kind of has that Bill Walton effect. Mm, not as extreme because Bill Walton sucked. But Yeah, but you get what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because I really thought, but yeah, it's my just more of a Spurs team thing. But yeah, Kevin Garnett is he's ridiculous, man. When I watched them play head and head, it was like, yeah, Kevin Garnett's better. It's like he's blocking his shot, he's reading the moves. It's like the height isn't. I feel like Tim Duncan needs his height to beat his uh, defender more than Kevin Garnett does because mm-hmm. the athleticism Kevin Garnett has. Okay, if you're my height, I'm blown by you. Nobody in my his height in that era has his athletic profile and his ability to handle a little bit and take people off the dribble, which Hakeem did a little bit too when he was a little later in some situations. Kevin Garnett's really good at that, really good passer too. So it's 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 a unique profile. It's a unique player. Uh, 
Yeah, I have Kevin Garnett ahead of him, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, what about you? Kevin Garnett is definitely a special player. Um, right. Because when it comes to the comparing why we have Kevin Garnett at six and why we have Tim Duncan seven, it's very mm-hmm. clear once you watch the film. Kevin Garnett can space right. the floor way more because when you look at Tim Duncan's highlights, he's free throw. He's from free throw to the basket. Kevin Garnett can stretch further than a free throw, and he can still knock down his shots at an effective clip, and then at a consecutive clip as well. So now you have this uh, athletic guy who can blow past mm-hmm. you, who can dunk all over you, and now he's spreading the floor, but not spreading the floor in the sense of like the stretch big where he's hitting threes. No, mm-hmm. but he's stretching the floor for this era, for this for this for the earlier right. era where he's the, where he's at his peak. He's stretching the floor exactly. So now he's opening up yeah. the other guards to go to work. Now he's not back to the basket. He can be, but he's not crowding the lane. Right. So now the smaller guys can, can get their buckets, can get go to work, and the point guard can still set him up anywhere now. Because now he's a right. threat anywhere. Anywhere inside inside from like the high school three-point line, he's a threat. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree, man. And... uh so we're going to do something a little different with this podcast. We're going to be ending this one now. So basically, if you want to know who could possibly be in front of Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Dwight Howard, Dirk Whiskey, and Allen Iverson in our top five list, you can listen to the next episode, which will be dropping the day after this one's released. It's going to be a little bit shorter because that's all we're going to be talking about. So we're going to... Hopefully, when you're listening to this, you can just transfer it over to the next one. And everybody have a good day. See ya.